Hello and welcome to episode 169 of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. It's Jessica. Happy Friday. Hey, I have a really fun, fun episode for you today. I don't know about you, but there's something in the air about becoming an author. It feels like that's on everybody's bucket list these days. And whether it's a lifelong dream or something that's more recent to you, I feel like writing has become so much more accessible with the growth of blogs and self-publishing and then of course traditional publishing still being a thing. There's just lots of ways to go about getting your ideas out and writing can be really intimidating for people because it might feel like perhaps it's already been done. Your idea has already been said but it hasn't been said by you. And so today I'm going to talk with an author, Alyssa Johnston. She wrote Esther's Grand Adventure and it's a children's book and so today we're going to go kind of behind what that was like for her to write a children's book, going through the whole process, finding publishers, things like that. And perhaps it'll give you a little bit of an encouragement to maybe pursue your own project, whether it's writing a book, starting a blog, being more regular with your chat books, whatever it is that would really, I don't know, utilize the passions that you have, even alongside motherhood. I just encourage you to do that. So I hope you find today's interview with Alyssa really interesting and encouraging as well that you can pursue whatever passion it is that you are excited about. So let's get to it with Alyssa Johnston. All right, I want to welcome Alyssa Johnston today. Hi, Alyssa. Hi. How are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. Where am I speaking to you from today? Um, I'm in Minnesota. Awesome. That's great. I think yeah. you're my second Minnesota person, maybe. <laughs> but Yeah, that's great. Well, I'm really yeah. excited to chat with you today. You're a new author. Is that correct? I am. Congratulations. I am. What a great Thank thing. Thank you. That is so exciting. We're going to talk way more about your books. Will you just give me a little bit yeah. of a background on who you are and how you got to where you are? Um, yeah. Um, well, I'm a mom. I'm a mom of two um, and a wife. And um I started, I kind of started writing out of a hobby as something to do when I was home um, most days with my newborn, who I was kind of bored. Um, so it started as a hobby and um, eventually kind of just put it um, in front of, I guess, the right people. And um, here we are. But I love it. I love it. So how many children do you yeah. have now? I have two. I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old. Awesome. And how was early motherhood for you? Was it what you thought it would be? <laughs> tell me Tell me about that part of your life. Um, yeah, it was nothing like I thought it was going to be. Um, no, I always wanted to be a mom, especially like a stay-at-home mom. Um, that's kind of always just what I wanted to do. Um, I found early motherhood to be kind of a lot lonelier than I expected it to be. Mm. Um, I kind of always had my mind that we would I'd meet up with people like friends who have kids for play dates and be like really active and meeting a lot of people um and that wasn't really my experience um I had kids much earlier than most of my friends or people I knew um and so I was surprised kind of at how lonely it was and I think it took me quite a while to really just um embrace kind of where I was and be okay with the fact that um it wasn't really how I pictured it to begin with sure and was it because of the challenges that came with motherhood itself or was it the lack of the normal you used to know and the connection you used to have with adults and getting out of the house and doing those types of things what do you think it was yeah I think it was probably 
more of the second, more of mm-hmm. um, my life. I had kids pretty early on. I was like 23. And mm-hmm. so when I had my first kid, um, and so most of my friends just weren't in that um, space of their life. And so um, it was a lot of like my life changed more than I thought it would. Um, it was much lonelier. And I found myself like sitting at home with a newborn, kind of like not knowing what to do. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm a mom now, like I guess, but what do I do? The baby can't walk or talk yet. So, um, it was interesting. (laughs) So what did you end up doing in order to get through that challenging time? Yeah. Um, I mainly just had to like switch my expectations. It took me quite a while. Um, I must admit to really just let go of the expectations I had before I became a mom of what I thought it was going to look like and just embrace kind of where I was and be okay with the fact that, I'm meeting mom friends, um, but it wasn't quite the network that I like had hoped to have of other moms who were in the same season of life as me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was just kind of letting go of, okay, this isn't how I pictured it, but it's okay. Right. Um, yeah, and yeah. I and I love how you're saying that your circumstances didn't change. You didn't instantly have a whole new group of friends that you were able to embrace <laughs> and be supported by one another and everything. You just took yeah. what you had and accepted what was and then kind of changed mm-hmm. your perspective around that. And I think that is something we can do in any season that we're in in life, in any set of circumstances. We do not always get to pick what we are going through at any given time, but we can always choose our attitude. And so how did that impact mm-hmm. you? Once you were able to kind of shift your expectations, what happened with your motherhood and how did that change the way you were able to to do life? Um, I think it changed a lot. I think um, I was finally kind of more living in the moment rather than being like, well, I thought this was going to be different. I thought that our life was going to look a lot different than this. And I just kind of um, was able to kind of live in the moment more and really enjoy motherhood a lot more and just relax. Mm. I think that was a big part of it too. I kind of um, feel like I kind of got caught up in like comparing not only to other people, but to like myself and my expectations. And so I just relaxed and was like, you know what? I just need to enjoy motherhood. Our kids are little for such a short amount of time. Um, And so I've really been able to grow as a mom and be more intentional with my kids and just be like more present and feel I don't know, feel more present in their life, I guess. I love that. I think that is so critical. And so once you're able to come to that place, what were your favorite parts and are Mm -hmm. your favorite parts of motherhood now? Yeah, um, I've definitely embraced my role as a mom. Um, I really love it now. It's, um, I think my favorite parts are just watching my kids grow and change. Um, They're still really young, but um, it's just been really fun to kind of see how, watch them grow and, um, to point them towards Jesus, um, and, um, kind of carve out those moments of, um, being intentional with them. And like I said, I don't necessarily have a ton of mom friends and um, mm-hmm. we've also moved quite a bit since I've, since we've had kids. You're here. And yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's slowed down the progression of having really close friends with other moms. Um, but I have found, I've tried to embrace that and be like, well, I'm with my kids a lot, which is great. And it's just us, which is wonderful because they're not in school quite yet. Um, so it's a very like short amount of time where I get to be home with them as much as I am. So. Sure. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. And one thing that I've also heard from a lot of moms is 
when motherhood is not what they thought it would be, or they're not fully fulfilled every moment of every day, and when they're not <laughs> yeah. feeling the joy all the time, that they feel guilty about that. And I know that you felt that way as well. How do you come to terms with, I mean, even when your perspective does shift, and I feel like my perspective mm-hmm. has shifted I can like accurately see motherhood for what it is now. And there's a lot of beauty right. in it and there's a lot of joy. But there's also mm-hmm. still the days where I'm like, darn it, I am sweeping Cheerios for the fifth time and it's 9 a.m. Like that is yeah. so annoying. And that is just real life, right? That's just real life. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. you feel guilty like, well, this is what I want. Like I, I wouldn't trade this, but I'm complaining about it. So how do you kind right. of deal with those days and those moments where you're not feeling the love, but you know that you're where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, it's taken me a while too. I think I've struggled with mom guilt and for a long time, I just kind of embraced that as well. This is how all moms feel. And I think to an extent, all moms do feel that. Um, but I don't necessarily think we have to feel that way. Um, so I've really tried to just kind of take the pressure off myself and just have more of the, try to have the broad picture in mind. Mm. So those days where I'm like, last night I was like sweeping up wet spaghetti noodles off the floor, which (laughs) if you've ever tried to do that, it's not super easy. Um, and so for those moments where I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, why am I doing this and not really feeling joyful about it? Um, just trying to keep the broader picture in mind of like, I really do love that I am able to stay home with my kids so much that I am able to work from home as much as I am. Um, and just having that perspective, I guess. And also the perspective of, you know, my oldest is going to be in preschool this coming school year. And so, um, I think that's been a reality check of, wow, like they're, even though the days seem really long sometimes, mm. the amount of years we have with home with our kids really is very short. Um, so trying to keep that in the back of my mind. But yeah, yeah. there are days where... It feels like the longest season when you're in it, but then it's like, yeah. oh, wow, they're at school all day long. Like oh, that, yeah. that's already happening. Wow, that's incredible. So yeah, yeah. I, I can, I can empathize <laughs> with that. I have been there and I'm there currently too. So I totally get that. And so yeah. pursuing your writing, is that something that you always yeah. thought you would do? And kind of what role did that play in the course of your motherhood journey? Um, it's never, ever anything I thought I would do. Um, I'm really not. Like, I was never, I didn't go to school for writing. I, um, it was never really in my plan, I guess. Um, but I really just started as a hobby, um, because I was home with a newborn a few years ago. Like I said, we were in a new city. Um, we had just moved. We didn't know anybody. And so I was home a lot with the baby, which was lovely. Um, but I was also kind of like, well, what do I do? Like, he can't walk. He can't talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just kind of sleeps a lot. Um, and so I just really started as a hobby um, and kind of grew from there over the last few years. But Yeah, I love that. I think that's so great. <laughs> and, and really utilizing your talents and, you know, even talents that you haven't explored previously, but trying to figure out, okay, I'm at home. I don't have the flexibility to go out and do a, a hobby maybe that you used to do, whether it's working out or you know, whatever, working outside the home, yeah. whatever, whatever your choices may be, but saying like, I can write in my own home. I can do that. I can do that during nap time. I can do that in my, my free time. And, 
I just think that's a great way to spend your time, and I think that's true for anybody. Identifying something that you can do that fills your your own tank in whatever context you find yourself in that is critical. So yeah. even if you're you know spending a lot of times you know at the ballpark at practices in the evenings, what could you be mm -hmm. doing during that time? You know, bringing a book with you, chipping away at your book list, or scouring recipes, or whatever it is that mm -hmm. really makes you happy, and utilizing that time wisely. And so then how did it turn into an actual book mm -hmm. deal for you? <laughs> um, it's, it's been a crazy process. Um, I, I, like I said, did it as a hobby really as a way to just have an outlet and feel like I was having something for myself besides, um, just being a mom. Mm -hmm. And, um, I never ever intended to show anybody it. I really was like, I told my husband about it and that's literally the only person who knew about it. Um, and then one day I was talking to a friend of mine and, um, it just kind of like somehow came up that I was working on this just as a hobby and she knew somebody in the, um, publishing world. And so he was so gracious and let me just send it to him just for his personal opinion. I sent it like his personal email address and I just got some feedback and then uh, from there, he suggested a publishing company that might be interested in it. Um, and so after a long time of dragging my feet, because I was scared that they were going to say no, mm. um, I finally submitted it. <laughs> and and then they picked it up. So Amazing. And so tell everybody what your book is and what it's about. Yeah, it's called Esther's Grand Adventure. Um, it's a children's book. It's based on the story of Esther. Um, and... Part of it came about um, as I wanted, I was looking for a Bible story for my son that was just its own book. Like he, he had a children's Bible, which was lovely, um, but I wanted something that was more like a bedtime story, something that was kind of easier to pull off the shelf that he could grab himself um, and that we could read at bedtime. And I wasn't really finding anything. I just found a lot of kids' Bibles, which are wonderful. Um, but I wanted just kind of like an individual story that wasn't too long that we could just read quickly before bed. Um, and so that's kind of where the idea came from. I was like, well, I can write this Bible story. Um, and so it reads more like a bedtime story than a Bible story. I love it. And why Esther? Um, <laughs> well, it's something um, I was praying about it and I felt like God kept telling me, like bringing up the story of Esther. And I kept kind of arguing of like, um, well, maybe we could do something easier like Noah's Ark or Jonah and the Whale, something that's been done a thousand times before as a kid's story. Um, but I, so I kept studying the book of Esther, and the more I read it, the more I realized that there are some really great characteristics about Esther that um, I would love, that I wanted to highlight in a kid's book, um, of that she's brave and she's courageous and things um, like those characteristics that aren't always associated with girls mm -hmm. um, in children's books. So I love that. I love that idea. And you're right. I mean, there's a thousand Noah books and, you know, things like that. And so it's nice yeah. to highlight a different character that shows some really important character traits. And um, mm -hmm. I just think that's beautiful. And Old Testament stories often are not the ones that were, well, I mean, Noah is Old Testament, obviously, but those are not yeah. usually the stories we are drawn to, especially for children, right? <laughs> it's a little, a little denser. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think it can be so great to, to have those types of characters that we 
educate our kids more about. I think that's beautiful. And so who would you recommend this book for and what are your hopes for this book? Um, well, this book is written, um, it's meant for parents to read to their kids. Um, so I kind of figured anywhere from like two or three to seven or eight, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, and I kind of had girls in mind when I was writing it as far as that she is brave and she is courageous. And those are things I want girls, especially to really know that you are brave. And even though girls don't always hear that as often as boys do, mm -hmm. um, but I think my son loves to read it, and so I think boys will enjoy it too. But I definitely had kind of girls in mind as I was writing it. Um, Great. And so my hopes is that some people will read it. Um, <laughs> like I said, it was never anything that I – I never set out to write a book, and so now that it's here, it's a little crazy. Um, and so my hope is that some people will read it and like it and um, – it's a Bible story that I don't think as many people are familiar with. So I think it's a good introduction to it, too. Awesome. And where can people pick it up? Um, it's in um, Barnes & Noble, and it's on Amazon, um, pretty much wherever books are sold. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And so I'm super curious about the writing process in general. And I know yeah. that there's a lot of people that have maybe writing a book in the future for them, or that's something that they maybe aspire to, whether it's a children's book or or an adult book, whatever it is. Tell me a little yeah. bit more about the writing process and specifically for a children's book. Did you illustrate it or how did you get hooked up with an illustrator? Or tell me a little bit about the behind the scenes of it. Yeah. Um, well, my process, um, I had no idea what I was doing, first of all. <laughs> so I just kind of started writing. Uh -huh. And um, it was really, Esther's a very challenging story to put, in so it's like appropriate for kids and something they'd want to read before bedtime sure um so doing that I just did a lot of research and really um I didn't have a whole lot of like intentional process I just kind of wrote it um, uh -huh. but um the illustrator I I have no artistic talent like at all so um I was I, after I brought it to the publishers, they said, we want to pick up your story, but you need to find an illustrator. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was kind of in charge of that and finding one on my own. And I didn't know anybody. <laughs> so I finally, after like months of searching online, I like threw it out on Facebook to my friends. I'm just mm. like, Hey, does anyone know anyone? Um, and so I got connected with someone that, um, is friends with someone that went to my high school. Really? <laughs> and, yeah. And so she's, um, she's also a mom and she, uh, stays home with her little girl and she lives in North Dakota. And, um, so it was really fun to work with like another mom and we were kind of, um, doing similar things. So I love fun. that. What a great idea just to, to put it out there and say, you know, because I'm sure that she might have been in a place in her life where she's like thinking, well, how could I do something in my season? And what does that look like for me? And then it's like this opportunity came up and what a great way to fill, to fill her tank. And that's just so great. That's awesome. And so yeah. did you approach the publishers or did you have an agent or what was that like? Um, I approached them. I just, submitted it um through a form they had online how did you know um, who to go through how did you choose this publisher um well someone suggested it and I actually knew 
well, knew of someone that just had a book published by this publishing company. And, um, so I, I read about them online and they're, um, a little bit different than kind of normal, um, traditional publishing companies where, um, the author has a lot of say in what happens. Mm -hmm. And so I liked that idea of kind of having like my opinion was able to be heard in this whole process. So, and they had a free online submission. It really came down to like, I didn't have a whole lot of money to spend, um, trying to promote it and stuff. So, um, they had a free online thing where I could submit it and I submitted it I was pretty confident that they were going to say no. I really didn't have a whole lot of, like, um, confidence in myself with it. And um, shockingly, they accepted it. So, And how long was that process of submitting it to the time where you got the response that, yes, this was actually going to become a book? Um, I think it was about six months or so from when I first submitted it. And then, um, in that six months I had a couple like phone interviews with them. Mm -hmm. Um, and then June of last year, they, um, I got the call that they wanted to pick it up. Wow. And then how long between that time and actually having it come to life in the form of a real book that's out on bookshelves. Yeah. Um, it took, um, up until now, like the book just officially came out in bookstores today, actually. So, um, it, yeah, so it took a little over a year. Mm -hmm. Um, but that included getting the illustrations done and I worked with an editor within that time too, to get it more polished and sure. And so I'm always so curious from the draft you submitted that very first time to the way that it looks today, Mm -hmm. how different is that text? It's quite a bit different. Interesting. Okay. Is there, uh, how is it different? Or like, I don't need to know specifically like on this page it's different, but you know what I mean? Like, like if people are thinking about writing a book, like what kind of frame of reference, like the editor is going to look at it from this perspective in order for it to be more publishing ready. You know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I would say if you're looking to write a book, don't get too attached to your first copy that you submit. Okay. Um, because it's likely going to change a lot. Like, um, with mine, the, um, the overall story is the same, obviously, like the (laughs) Mm -hmm. same characters and the same, a lot of the dialogue in it and stuff is um, pretty much the same. Um, but especially for children's books, my editor really, like, we went through, like, word by word and identified the words that were, like, age-appropriate for the age range that we wanted to go mm. for. Um, and um, you also have, to, in a children's book especially, you have to be very conscious of, how, like, how many words on, are on each page and how you're going to break up the sentences and words so that it flows well as a story and it has pictures along with it. So um, those were all things I didn't really think a whole lot about when I submitted it. Sure. Um, So when you submitted the initial text, was it just like a few paragraphs of text or, and it was not broken up by page or, and that was something that came later or how did it look when you submitted it? Yes, it was just a few paragraphs. Okay. Um, 
when I submitted it, they asked that it would be in paragraph form. Okay. Um, so I had an idea in the back of my mind of how I would break it up into sure. pages. Um, but then once I started working with an editor, that changed a lot more because she had done children's books before and I obviously hadn't. So yeah. I kind of followed her lead on it a lot. But um, that's but yeah, the, it all changed great. a lot. <laughs> that is so fascinating to me. And were you wor- yeah. so once you got the okay, were you worried mm-hmm. about the criticism that might come when they did want to make these edits, or were you grateful and open to the edits and not taking it personally? I don't know how I would feel. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like terrified at first because I think especially like in movies and stuff you hear of editors just totally like ripping it to shreds and being kind of mean um the editor I worked with was very very nice and very like gentle with me Uh uh (laughs) which was really nice um so I tried not to take it personally and I went into it having like no idea what I was doing And so I really just kind of put my trust in her a lot because she had done it before and she had worked with the publishing company that I was working with before. So she kind of knew what they were looking for. So I really put a ton of trust into her. Um, But I was, I was terrified at first. Yeah. 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 I'm sure. I'm sure that that is kind of nerve wracking at first, but once you kind of develop a rapport with your editor and realize like they're not here to hurt you, they're here to help you and they're not thinking you're dumb because they're making these changes. They're just wanting to make it a great book and you want it to be a great book. So having that be mutually beneficial, that's so interesting to me. I love that. So what would you say to anybody that maybe has an idea for a book? Like where do you even start? Do you always have to submit a full text, a full manuscript before um, signing with a publisher or do you ever like pitch an idea or do you know? Um, I don't know with every publishing company. Um, I do know that, um, a lot of times if you're not like a public figure, like if you're not super well known and you're just kind of starting out, um, a full manuscript is easier to get their attention with. Okay. I don't know. Like, I think I've heard of people submitting just ideas for a book and publishers being interested in that. Um, but I would say like, if you do submit an idea, like start writing it because mm-hmm. odds are they're going to come back to you and say, okay, we need more if, if they're interested in it. Um, but it is easier to kind of get their attention if you are not like a well-known public figure. All right. That's really good to know. That's really good to know. Yeah. And, you know, worst comes to worst, I find that writing is so therapeutic. And so depending upon the content of what you're writing about and things like that, regardless, I, I'm not sure how you feel, but regardless of if this was published or not, did you find the process fun and enjoyable for you, regardless of the outcome? I did. I I thought it was really fun. I started it just because it was fun. Um, and I, like, literally, even as we were going through the publishing process of after I submitted it and the whole way through the process, I really didn't think that they were going to pick it up. Mm. So I really was just doing it out of fun. Um, and so I think regardless, it can be a really good outlet for anybody. Like, um, as just kind of a fun hobby and just something that you can claim as your own, um, whether you're a mom or, you know, you're working full time and just wanting like something enjoyable at night or something, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, not tying yourself to the outcome, but just enjoying that process is so enjoyable. Yeah. That's great. What surprised you most about yeah. writing a book? 
uh, two things I think that surprised me the most. One was how long long yes, yes. um I kind of had an idea it'd be a long process but um yeah it's been probably like three years or so my oldest was just a little guy when I started writing and he's almost four wow. um so it just took a while um and um I think just how incredibly supportive everyone has been has just been really really sweet I kind of once I got through the publishing process and realized oh my gosh this is going to be a real book <laughs> like how what are people going to think like I have to promote this now and do things and um that was way outside my comfort zone and everyone has been like so sweet and so supportive and so that's been really really great oh good for you congratulations Alyssa this is such a great accomplishment Thanks. and what a fun journey to, to go down. What a neat chapter for you. That's amazing. What's next? More Bible stories yeah. or do you have a plan? I don't have a set plan. Um, technically this book is only the first half of the book of Esther, um, which was sort of on purpose of, um, I couldn't fit the entire book into a children's mm -hmm. book. It'd be like 50 pages long, mm -hmm. but, um, so that leaves the door open for the other half of the story of Esther. Um, I haven't started writing or anything yet. Part of me is just wanting to see how this first one does and how it goes. But sure, we'll see. Oh, that's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. Well, this has been so much fun. Thanks. I'm going to link to everything in the show notes at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com so people can go check out Esther's Grand Adventure. Such a great thing. Congratulations. I'm so proud of you. This Thanks. is so wonderful. Well, I always ask my Thanks guests so one final question, Alyssa, and it's this. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? I would tell myself to relax and just enjoy it. Um, stop thinking about what you think you should be doing right now as a mom um, and just relax and enjoy it. Baby time goes by so quickly, as I think every mom realizes. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> and um, I think each stage just goes by fast. So just relax, enjoy it. Um, realize that one mistake on one day probably isn't the end of the world. You know, you yeah. have like lots of days with your kids to make a lasting impact. So. I love that. Oh, that's a great answer. Alyssa, thank you so thank much for you. taking the time to be on the show today. This has been a joy. I've learned so thank much. Thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Have an awesome day. Thanks, you too. I hope you enjoyed listening about Alyssa's writing journey and about her motherhood guilt processing time. And I think we have all been there where we feel like, is this it? And then how dare I feel like, is this it? <laughs> We've all been there. So I love that vulnerability. Thank you so much for sharing, Alyssa. Definitely check out her book, Esther's Grand Adventure. It's linked on our show notes page. You can also find pictures of Alyssa and her family at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. You can also find past episodes, guests, listen, show notes, everything over there on that website. If you'd like to follow me on Instagram and don't already do that, you can do that at JessicaDahlquist3 or on Facebook at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. Guys, you're going to want to head over to iTunes right the second and click subscribe. You know why? Because Tuesday's episode is such a good one. It's with Angela Olson. Angela and her family live over in Kenya. And so, yes, we did the interview with her in Kenya and me in California. 
And we talk all about how her husband is a medical missionary doctor over there, and she is doing so much to change the face of the special needs community, especially in terms of Down syndrome over there. She has a five-year-old son with Down syndrome and an older daughter, and she talks about feeling the call in her life to live internationally, to serve a different population, and kind of what changed when she had her son with Down syndrome. It is fascinating, and she just left me blown away feeling like anything that I'm dealt in this life is just meant to put me in a space and among a community where I'm supposed to be. That is what I walked away with. And so if you're feeling like you are struggling to find your place or you're in a time of waiting or you're not sure what something in particular means for the next chapter for you, this is the episode for you. You are just, you're gonna be blown away. I love her so much and you need to know her. So click subscribe. That way it will download automatically and you'll never miss an episode. She's amazing and I know you're going to love her. So thanks for tuning into the podcast today and we'll see you next week for another episode with another extraordinary mom. Bye.